This is The House Call. Welcome back. This is The Brick House. This is our NBA segment. I'm here today with Nick, Matt, and Ernesto. Ernesto's getting some camera stuff going on. We'll get through that in a second. We got a lot of NBA news to cover today. This is all the news from the pre- from this week. Obviously, a lot of stuff has happened. The Nets drama is still going on. The Bucks can't seem to get healthy. There's crazy. There's people playing out of their minds all over this country, all over this world, and we're going to get into those as well. But we're going to start off with the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, if anybody, if you're anybody who's anybody watching the NBA right now, you are aware that the Brooklyn Nets have been nothing but drama since last year, and it has continued to be that way. They fired Steve Nash. Everyone thought they were going to Ime Adoku. Then they hire um, uh, Vaughn there to be their head coach as an in the interim. And now he's the main head coach. And then KD's slamming his teammates. And Ben Simmons is having concern. They're having, there's rumors that he doesn't have a passion for the game. And he's, he's you know, the organization is frustration, frustrated with the level he's available. Kyrie may be coming back this Sunday. He may not be coming back at all. We don't know. But guys, just we'll start with Nick. The status of the Brooklyn Nets right now, I mean, this was supposed to be a team. Like when they first started, you got to remember they had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. And then they sent Harden to Philly for Ben Simmons. And it's been turmoil ever since. I mean, it's just been crazy. I mean, just give me your, like, what's going on with the Nets, man? Um, I mean, I kind of figured that this would happen with the Nets. I was never that high on them. Uh, and everybody thought that they would play way different when when they had Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons was going to make this year way different and uh I just never thought that was going to be the case and it's kind of proven to be that so it, when you when you put in like they they grabbed KD who who's kind of doesn't want to lead a team we've seen that Kyrie doesn't want to be the leader of the team and Ben Simmons also doesn't want to be the leader of the team so they they grabbed three superstars and and they they don't mesh well at all and I think it's going to it's going to implode. Yeah, I mean, it looks that way. It's, the writing's on the wall for these guys. And like I said, I, I made a Kevin Durant video months ago when I first joined the house call. And I was like, you know, it's not easy being the guy. But that's what you wanted. You wanted to be the reason your team won a championship. You didn't want to be an accessory to Kyrie Irving. You don't want to be an accessory to Russell Westbrook. I mean, if you think about what Russell Russell Westbrook did or has done in his career, what KD's done in his career, and what, um, you know, uh, the beard has done in his career. If those three just stayed in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City's got at least two championships right now. You cannot convince me that they don't. There's no realm of possibility that you don't. I mean, you could start Westbrook at the one, KD or Harden at the two, and whichever one to start at two, you start the other at the three. And that's one of the most dominant one, two, three combos in the league, and they couldn't play together. And that's what we're seeing throughout this whole thing. And I mean, Matt, I'm going to go ahead and go with you here, man. Do you see them breaking this up midseason, or is this something you think they have to ride out? Uh, if I were them, I would try to break it up as soon as possible. Because, listen, we've—I I know a lot of people have talked about how bad Westbrook's contract is. He's on the last year of his deal. Ben Simmons still has two more years on his deal after this. If I'm the Nets, I'm calling up the Lakers right now and saying, "Will you take Ben Simmons? We'll take Westbrook off your hands, like immediately." Like. Ben Simmons has one of the worst contracts in basketball. Kyrie is, you don't know. Listen, I'm going to say whether I agree or disagree with what he's expressed, his beliefs-wise. Whatever the case may be, he's never on the basketball court. Like, we never see Kyrie Irving anywhere. But Kyrie's never on the court. KD has no idea how to lead a group of men. He's one of the worst superstars I've ever seen, especially in the NBA. And, they, I mean, if you can break it up this year, like, 
you got to do your absolute best to break it up. If you can get Westbrook's contract back, because then you can just kick him off the books for Ben Simmons, do it. Like I'm, there. The the Nets are one of the worst franchises in sports right now. It's horrible. I mean, realistically, if you think about it, how they've done, how they've collected all these people, right? They've done all these collections. They've gotten all these players together. I mean, you think back to when they sent Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, and uh, KG to them, the Celtics did, and they the Celtics turned all those picks into Jason Tatum, you know, Jalen Brown, all these guys. Mm-hmm. And the Nets have been reeling since that trade. They've been trying to plug anybody who's anybody into that team to make them successful, and they can't do it. And it's just continuous. And I think like it's bad when the bright spot of Ben Simmons right now is essentially what Derek White did when uh, Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon were out uh, this weekend. It was like, or this week, I mean, 15, 13, and like eight is what he, it was his line. And everybody's losing their minds because Ben Simmons, is he back? Is he back? I mean, <laughs> Derek White did that off the bench. Like we're, we're freaking out about Ben Simmons have bench numbers right now. All right. That's how bad this has gotten. And then, like I said, I mean, Ernesto, do you think KD was right to call out the team the way he did? Do you think like, yes. he's like, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to call them out. I'm not trying to say like, you know, that they're like, this is it, but what do you expect from us? Do you think that that was the right thing to do in that situation? You could word it differently. I get what he's trying to do. And I fully support what he's trying to do because sometimes I start last season, Marcus Smart called out the two best players in the Celtics. And what did it do? It lit a fire under them, and they went on that whole run in the second half of the season that we all was one of the most memorable runs ever. KD should have worded it a little bit differently to sound more like a leader. KD's not a leader. He's not a locker room leader. He's your best player, but he's not the vocal leader that they need. The Nets need someone they can rally behind. Um, I looked back at when they signed Kyrie and they signed KD and I was really like uh shouldn't have traded D'Angelo Russell should have kept D'Angelo Russell and signed KD that would have been a cheaper option and a way better option I mean my thing is like so there's a difference from what Marcus Smart did Marcus Smart is a leader in that locker room in Boston he's a leader on that court he's a defensive presence he's a vocal guy you see him every time right and when you call out the two best players on your team as the as the vocal leader of the group, that's different than literally. KD essentially said that he's playing with a bunch of fucking bums. That's that's, that's literally the only thing. That's what he said. And yeah. I don't care. I don't care if he's like, well, I'm not. You know, I'm not trying to like speak bad to my, my team. Yes, you are. You literally just called them trash by name. It wasn't even like you were like, you know, we don't have a we don't have our starting guys. Like if he just come out and be like. You know, we don't have our starting lineup. We, we're, we're playing bench guys in starting roles. That's not their game. You know, people aren't playing the, the role that they were designed to play in this team. And so we're not doing well. If he come out and said that, that's different. But when he comes out, he's like, okay, you by name, you by name, you by name, you're all garbage and I have to carry this team. And what do you expect for me to do? I can't carry this whole team. KD's Just, been trying you know, to carry that team for the three seasons he's been there. And yet well, he I mean, still like, decides to go back. But, it's like, you're not happy there. But, and we know no, he asked for trade. Yeah, I don't agree with Listen, him calling out his teammates like he did. No. 100%. And I mean, we've been expecting LeBron in his prime. We expected him to win the finals with J.R. Smith, Delavadova, Mozgov, and like all these dudes. We expect Luka to win right now. And he's got what? Finney Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, like these like superstars we expect you to win. KD, we're going to expect you to win because you're Kevin fucking Durant. Like, you go win the fucking game by yourself. That's who you are, right? You can do yeah. that in the NBA. So we expect that from you. 
So don't be it's surprised if we expect you to win. You should expect now, yourself though. to win. No, it's not different now. I, I, I completely back refuse one, back that. One Maybe he's considered to be the best damn player. Bunch of scrubs. Now you got teams that have two to three superstars. But I mean, and the, the problem one is, Katie is supposed to be the best player in the NBA. Is he not? The, the, net, like, the Nets are hey, one of them, but Kyrie can't keep his mouth shut. Kyrie can't keep his mouth shut. Ben Simmons can't get on the court, and KD can't stop calling, like talking mm. to his teammates like they're they're gar- pieces of garbage. All right. <clears throat> Honestly, the Brooklyn Nets ownership should just cut bait with every single one of them, take the hit on the money, whatever. They're done. It's over. I don't want to hear this. KD's the best player in the NBA. I don't. Want, he's he's athletically gifted, anything like that. He has not shown an ounce of leadership. He is a he's a role player. He's a really good number two. I will say Kawhi he's probably the best a, number two I've seen. Why Kawhi is better than KD? Yeah, and I just I don't buy it. Did and I play? think that it's it's a complete and utter disgrace to sit there and come out and these guys who are playing their hearts out for you, right? They would play their hearts out for KD if he showed them an ounce of respect. And the only thing he's done this entire time is cause problems. He's not been healthy. Kyrie's caused problems, has not been healthy. Ben Simmons has caused problems, has not been healthy, and they're literally a cancer. And I said that when Kate, when Kyrie played with, with the Celtics. He was a cancer in that locker room. And the best thing they could have done was gotten rid of him. And in fact, if you think about it, if you put Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, uh, Jason Tatum, and Terry Rozier together, they do better th- than, than Kyrie does in that They role. did. The don't forget- they, they, they made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, lost yeah. in seven to LeBron. And, and like well, that's what I'm saying. So Terry Rozier was a better option, and he's still killing cheaper, it right now down there. Cheaper option yeah. too. And and it's done. Kyrie, these like, it makes no sense to me at all. Okay, and I don't. I have not a Kyrie fan. Never been a Kyrie fan. I'm not a KD fan. Never been. Like I said, I don't have. I have a problem <laughs> with people who jump ship when things when the going gets tough. All right. I mean, I watched the Celtics struggle with Paul Pierce for years, years. And you know, Paul Paul never left. In fact, the only and a lot of people don't know this, the only reason Paul or and KD and KG left the Celtics is because Paul had to agree to go with KD or, or go with KG. That's how they ended up in Brooklyn. And they asked to have Jason Terry come with them because they didn't want him to go through a rebuild either because he was aging. And you know what? They that that is some respect level stuff right there. Brooklyn doesn't have that, and I don't think they the the guys that are that they're going to have to get rid of deserve like deserve the respect. Because they've shown no respect for that organization or the players that they're on that team with. All right. So, but well, that's enough Nets drama. I mean, it just infuriates me that that they're able to do these things and everyone still looks at KD like he's some golden god. All right. And I understand, like, as a Celtics fan, Jason Tatum and KD are, are good friends and there's always going to be a link there. But if KD ever puts on a Celtics jersey, I'm probably not watching that season because I just cannot watch this team regress. And that's what I think KD on that team would be. He'd be a regression. Just, just real quick. The the Katie and Kyrie are probably two of my favorite actual basketball players to watch. If I'm strictly just watching skill, like offensive skill level, they're two of my favorite players to watch. But this is why basketball teams aren't built on paper is because you actually have to have chemistry and locker room and leadership and coaching and all that stuff matters. So they have none of that. And that's why they suck. It's not that they lack skill or talent. It's because they have none of the intangible things that it takes to have a successful franchise. Yeah, they're they're. I mean, they're exactly... There, it, it saddens me to see so much athletic skill with zero, like, anything else. Nothing else. I mean, it, it's you. that's all they got, and that's all they'll have. But let's move on to another team here that's also having some turmoil right now. 
It's the Golden State Warriors. I mean, they're defending their title this season. Obviously, they beat the Celtics last year. Um, Steph Curry is being Steph Curry. He's doing Steph Curry type things. He drops 50 and they lose. And they lose. I mean, they sent Wiseman down to the G League. They're, you know, there's obviously some some things going on with their defense that isn't working right now. The chemistry is not there. I mean, you had you had Green punching Jordan Poole in practice. And it, there's there's something functionally wrong with inside that team right now. And, you know, people are wanting to point at Clay Thompson. You know, he's not picking up his slack. He's coming off the injury. Things are bad. You know, the defense isn't working. There's chemistry problems. What's the problem there? Matt, what do you think the problem is with, with Golden State right now? Everything but Steph Curry is the problem right now. Uh, and, and Wiggins, too. Wiggins is playing well. But basically everything but Steph Curry is going wrong for them right now. Um, Draymond Green looks washed. Uh, he doesn't play with the same intensity. I think the the punch got into his head. Like he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go out and be himself anymore. Like he's out there playing scared. Clay, listen. It looks like the injuries have gotten to Clay a little bit. He's not shooting the same. I think his three point numbers will go up, but the defense doesn't look the same. Poole has regressed. Those young guys that they wanted to get better, Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman, they've all been terrible. They have absolutely no bench. It's the Steph Curry show right now. And listen. He's going crazy. Like he's averaging over 30. He's averaging over 30 on 50, 40. Like that's ridiculous. And they still can't get a win because their defense is bad. And because those role players that they wanted to be uh, so desperately wanted to be good are still struggling. So I don't see it turning around anytime soon for them. Unless, unless Draymond and clay really start to get it going, but they're, they're not looking too hot right now. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really surprising to see some of the teams that have struggled this year. And the fact that Golden State's one of them pretty much returning that roster that just won them a championship, what, a couple months ago? You know, when you think about it is incredible that it's looking like it's looking. But Ernesto, what do you think? Do you think there's a way that the Golden State's able to turn this around? I look like a fucking idiot because I had Golden State number one on my West Power rankings pre-season. Because I thought they they had the same I mean, team who they won the championship with last year. Yeah, their championship roster, with the same team. Uh, yes and no. I think the team has the ability and capability to turn it around. I can't sit here and say they won't, because any Celtics fan could tell you last season looked like it was going to be a bust season and it was going to be a fucking disaster. And then what happened? So yeah. I can't sit here. There's still a lot of football. A lot, not football. Jesus. I still a lot of basketball to be played. There's over 60 games still left, maybe even 70 for some teams. Um, they're a championship team. They know what it takes to make it. Interrupting. <laughs> uh, they know what it takes to make it. Uh, they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. Curry's playing at his all-star level. I think they'll be a play-in team, but they can make a run in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because you think about it and, you know, last year we saw all this talent that like the Lakers amassed and it, it didn't work out for them. And, you know, Golden State now is looking like they're they're coming out, you know, like they're walking through mud. And I just I don't know what's going on with some of these teams. And, you know, and it's funny that you, you said football when we we're talking basketball, because you think about like how the NFL's looked this year. It's been a lot of the same things. This is a weird year in sports. I mean, you think about even even the MLB, the playoffs just ended, and you're talking the the Dodgers are the first team to win over to win that many games and not make a, a championship series. You know that's that's insane. I know and, this and is and a basketball you're... segment, but I'm from Los Angeles originally, <laughs> California. I know way too mi- I know way too much about Dodgers and oh, we're gonna win it this year. We won 120 <laughs> games, and they they get bounced in the first round all every yeah. year. 
So, I mean, but it's it's just been a crazy year in sports and basketball. It's really starting out to look the same way. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But, Nick, do you, what do you think is going to take for the, for the Golden State Warriors turnaround? Do you see, like, them, you know, trading players, maybe some changes in their system? Like, what do you think it's going to take? Uh, I don't see any major trades coming, but I think it will just be the younger guys having having to take more responsibility and carry this team. Uh, we're going to see Jordan Poole, Wiggins, and – and Wiseman come back. Uh, I know he's not on the on the team right now, but uh, once they all once they're all there, they they need to they need to be scoring 40 to 50, 60 points per game between those three, and uh, take some of the load off of Curry. Um, I do think that this team can turn it around, but uh, I, th- I think that the West has just gone so much deeper, and uh, young guys are starting to the young guys are starting to finally make that turn in, in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch. Like I said, we're, we're only about 15 or so games through the NBA season right now, but it's been rather incredible to watch who's struggled and who hasn't. But let's go ahead and talk about some players right now that are actually, you know, that some are in the NBA, some are not, but they're just tearing it up. So first off, Steph Curry is absolutely playing out of his mind. Shea uh, Gilgius Alexander has been on a tear recently. I think the lowest, he's only, the lowest points he scored was 18 Everything else, except for one other game I'm looking at, he had 18, he had 20. Everything else is over 33 points. He even had a 42-point game, a 46-point game, and a 41-point game. That's over, like, I think it's the last couple of games since October 29th until November 16th, which is two days ago. He has been on an absolute tear of just scoring right now. But it's the team he plays for, right? These are guys who were technically, if they were on a better roster on a team that was winning more games – would probably be in the MVP conversation, but it's because the teams aren't winning like Steph Curry. Steph Curry's, you know, he's doing outlandish things. He's one of the best basketball players right now on the court, but because the Warriors are so bad, you don't, he's not getting the talk that, that a lot of people should be talking about with Steph and Curry's doing. And I, feel like, and I feel it's the that same way with Shea Alexander. And it, cause I looked at the MVP rankings before we hopped on here and number one, they got a uh, Luca Luca's number one. And Jason Tatum's number two. Both those guys are playing out of their minds, and those teams are winning, but they're not really doing anything different than what Shea and and Curry are doing. But they're not Curry and Shea are not getting the love in the MVP because the teams are not playing well, which makes brings up the thing. Here's my question: If the Warriors don't turn it around and, and Curry continues to go on these tears that he's doing and throwing up all these points, is it going to be the biggest? Uh, you know slight of a non of not getting an MVP because your team's that bad that we've seen. Like, I mean, you guys could chip in. I guess I, like, I, I don't see a way that he wins the MVP if they don't make like, I want to I want to touch on the NBA on the NBA MVP situation. I feel like it's bullshit that you look at team record. The MVP is most valuable player, not most valuable fucking team. That goes to the coach of the year. The coach of the year gets that award for his team being the best. It should be an individual award, but the fucking voters, they look at it as, oh, what team had the best impact with this player's performance, blah, blah, blah. That's why Curry and Shea aren't top. They should be one and two. Then you put Luka. Tatum should be top five. But it's got to be Curry or Shea, but their teams aren't fucking winning. So the NBA voters are obviously going to be like, oh, no, it's Luka who's winning. MVP, most valuable player, not most valuable team, most valuable player. Emphasis on the player part. The thing is, though, is that most of the time, the most valuable player is conducive to the team winning. Uh, yeah, and, that's, 
and I think that's where a lot of people get stuck on. But I mean, what do you think? Do you what do you think, Matt? Do you think that this is going to be one of those things where Curry could continue to go on this tear, and if the Warriors don't start winning games, he doesn't he doesn't get consideration as MVP? Hundred percent. We saw it a couple years ago with Curry. Curry was going crazy, averaging thirty a game. But when they were the eight seed and got knocked out in the play-in, he still didn't get the MVP, right? So it's the it's a very similar situation this year. I think he's done. I think he's playing better this year than he was a couple of years ago. But it's a very similar situation. And as far as the NBA perspective goes, the NBA has got to look out for themselves. It's going to look real bad on their league if you know they got an MVP who you know the team went thirty and fifty-two. You know, so it's going to look real bad for. And yeah, and 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 like you guys were saying, you know the court at one time in the NBA. So the player who holds the most value is going to end up leading to wins. Like we see Giannis when he's on the court, he leads to wins. LeBron in his prime leads to wins. Even KD when he's in his prime and not, you know, complaining five seconds, you know, he's leading it to wins, you know? So it's, it's, you know, the best player is going to lead to wins. So it's, that's how they're going to determine the MVP basically every year. Yeah. I mean, Nick, like if, if you didn't, if it wasn't a win thing right now, what would you be your MVP rankings? Uh, my MVP rankings would be Tatum, uh, Luca, and then I'd, I'd probably throw Giannis up in the third. But um, I just think what Tatum's doing is is, is is special, and I think that a few of the losses that they have, they shouldn't even had. But uh, they're they have the best record in the NBA right now. Tatum is the two uh, the best two two uh, two way player in the in the in the game, and uh, I think that he's just transcending his his game every year. So uh, we're seeing him. I think he's shooting like seventy-five percent from inside the in, inside the paint, something yeah. like. So it's it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, no, no bias there for anyone watching this. Nick doesn't have any bias. He's clearly wearing his Celtics jersey here, so putting Tatum at number one is is no bias at all. It's it, I'm telling you, but. I mean, yeah, it's going to be one of those things that is really going to be crazy to see that these players, you know, that are that are doing things that you know the same everyone else is doing but their teams aren't winning. They're just not going to be in consideration. And it, it's strange to me to see that, but let's talk about a guy who's not playing in the NBA right now. You've heard this name. He's going to probably go number one overall. There's a lot of people who, who are wondering where this guy's going to end up. He's seven foot two. He's 209 pounds. He's 18 years old and he's absolutely dominating. I mean, this guy's built like taco fall. He plays like Kevin Durant in his prime. He's got handles. He's got a jump shot. He can get in the lane. He's overpowering people. It is absolutely <coughs> insane to watch. If you haven't watched Victor Webinyama's uh, highlight reels or any of his game tape, go check it out on YouTube right now. Go check it out on on, on the NBA.com, ESPN. You can find these videos there. This guy is a monster. He is a problem. And a lot of people are thinking that he's going to be the guy who knocks off, who plays uh, for um, the uh, the Olympics or the Euro team and everything like that and knocks off the United States men's team because he is that dominant. He's that good. And he can, and he's just undefend. You can't defend the guy. I mean, he's got this massive wingspan. But you guys, I mean, even so, this is also something. Giannis came out. This was on. This is a, a tweet on a video of one of Victor Webinyama's uh, uh, highlights, and he goes, "Kid's going to be a problem." That's a guy who's that's a two-time Defensive Player of the Year MVP. You know, Finals MVP, freaking NBA champion. Looking at an 18-year-old kid and going. Yeah, that guy's going to be a problem. The Greek freak has identified someone who he believes is going to be a problem. And you, if you don't say someone's going to be a problem, unless you think he's going to be a problem for you too. All right. Like that is, that is some insane thing. So 
right now the front runners live land Victor Webb and Yama are the Rockets, the Pistons, Magic, Pelicans, and Hornets. These are the people with the highest percentages to land uh, the number one overall pick in the lottery and get Victor Webb and Yama. So do you think that Victor Webb and Yama on any of those rosters, like personally, I think him on the Pistons with what they have and Jade Nivey and everything else going on there, the Pistons, if they got Victor Webb and Yama, they become an instantaneous force. What do you yes. guys think? What do you what team I, do you think is, is elevated? I a hundred percent agree with you. Cade Cunningham, Victor, and Ivy would be a deadly trio. Like and you have to keep in mind they also have Sadiq Bay, who's becoming a sharpshooter in the NBA. That's just a great young roster. You even got what's their center called? Isaiah Stewart, you know, that that dog underneath the paint, that bulldog that fights for every rebound, fights on defensive end. You know, that team is gonna be scary. Um Another team I think would be really good for him, a sneaky team that's obviously not performing really well, but if they decide to really just say, fuck it, let's tank, let's partner LaMelo up with probably one of the once-in-a-generational talent, oh my god. LaMelo Ball and Victor, with Hayward still there. I mean, Hayward I know yeah. has his injury problems, but Hayward still, when he's on the court, he's producing 15 to 18 points a game, which is still production at the end of the day. Yeah. I'd be another scare one. Matt, what do you think? What do you think? What what team do you think instantaneously becomes a contender if they get Victor Webb and Yama? They're already a contender, but they've got the Lakers pick. It's the Pelicans. If you put oh, Zion man. Williamson, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Victor Wembanyama on the court, that's a champion right away. Like you you can slide in 19-year-old Victor Wembanyama, and that's a championship caliber team. Like You've seen the highlights of this dude. This dude is seven foot, I don't even know, seven foot whatever, seven foot a thousand, hitting one Mine's foot. <laughs> yeah, one foot, one foot running step back threes like it's nothing. Like, I've never seen anything like him. The thing that makes me so nervous is how skinny he is. We saw it, we've seen KD, you know, he stayed relatively healthy, but we just saw someone who uh, is also rel- pretty, pretty skinny and Chet Holmgren get hurt, you know, playing LeBron in pickup, you know? So he's got to put some weight on. And I pray that he stays healthy. But if you put that dude on the Pelicans, the, you might be, the the whole the whole league might be screwed for like five or six years. Like there's like all those guys are young too. It's not like you know anybody's old. So you put Wembenyama on the Pelicans with all that young talent, that's dangerous. Oh yeah, and like I said, if like, once again, if you haven't watched this kid's highlights, just go watch. It's amazing. It is absolutely incredible the things he can do. And he's had some he's had some near misses too. Like he's had some things where it looks like he just got he just shredded his knee and his ankle at the same time. He just stands back up. He's young, he's flexible, he's, he's the bones bend, they don't break, everything seems to hold on well. I, I can't wait to see this kid in the NBA. I really can't. It's gonna be crazy. it's gonna be crazy. But Nick, what team, man? What team do you do you do you want to see Victor Webb and Yama on to make him an instant contender? Uh, so I, I'm kind of right there with you. Uh, I want to see him on the Pistons just because I think we haven't seen the full potential of Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham. So I think you throw in Victor in there as well. And the, I mean, the sky would be the limit for that offense. I mean, I'm, I'm partial though. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here wearing my Purdue hoodie and stuff. Jaden Ivey's <laughs> boilermaker, you know, boiler of hammer down, obviously, but yeah, I mean, this kid is insane and it's incredible and he's going to be the face of the NBA. Like this, if, if he stays healthy and he plays the way he's able to play right now overseas and do the things he's able to do and continue to grow and, and gain some size and not lose his shot and do all the things that everyone expects him to do, he will be the face of the NBA. 
he's going to instantaneously take over for Luca and, and Tatum and all these guys that we thought were going to be the faces of the NBA as the old guard starts to rotate out. It's going to be Victor Webb and Young. Let's go ahead and get into something. Speaking of Tatum, speaking of, of, of these things, if you didn't see, uh, I forget what game it was, Tatum was uh, do, came off his guy, was doing a double team on this guy, and got called for a foul. Literally goes like this, right? Teed him up on the spot. Since then, the tech, the tech has been rescinded. The NBA did rescind the technical. It's no longer on his record. They said that was not a technical foul. Yeah, no shit. Everyone watching that game knew it wasn't. The only person who thought that was a technical foul was a guy who called the technical foul. And honestly, at this point, I've seen so many ticky-tack technical fouls over the last two years of NBA basketball that I swear if there's not going to start being repercussions for refs for doing this stuff, something needs to happen. But what 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 is – do you think that like, – is this because the players are always arguing the calls and they're trying to just get them to play? Is that what this is about? Or or is this something where the refs are just starting to have a little bit of an ego or something? Like what what is the underlying issue here? Nick, do you think do you think there needs to be repercussions for the refs or they need to face some sort of punishment for these techs? Uh yeah, no, I definitely do because uh it's I mean it's time and time again that it we shouldn't be talking about the refs after the games. We have all these superstars on all these great teams. We should be talking about the superstars and how they competed against each other, and yet we're here talking about these these, these terrible calls and te- technical fouls that should never be called, and uh, they they impact the games. And really uh, like you can't tell me that they don't because like they're huge momentum shifts, and uh, the refs know that. And when they have it out for one player, you can totally tell because the technical there's no leeway, and it's just boom handed to you. I mean, I completely agree, uh, Ernesto. I got so. Do you, do you see a way to fix this, Ernesto? These these ticky-tack technical fouls, do you see a way to fix this? Shannon Sharp made a joke uh, last season when this started, because it started last season, if you really look back. And he made a joke saying, uh, <laughs> where the hell did they find these high school refs that are so sensitive and just go technical foul for anything? Uh, you need to let NBA players show their emotions because it's a competitive sport. I've played high school basketball, and I used to get emotional. And, you know, high school basketball had a rule you couldn't cuss, but the refs never tagged me up if I yelled a fuck or shit. If I missed a shot, I'd be like, fuck, or, you know, stuff like that. You know, it just happens. It's natural. You're competitive. You want shit to go your way. Tatum going like this and you teeing him up, um, I, I, I would take a lifetime buy-in from NBA games just like so around the court and smack the shit out of the ref when I, when I saw that. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, somebody but, needed to. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, and I'm going to mention the NFL where celebrations are now getting to the point where, like, if they think it's too excessive, there's a flag thrown. So it's like, you, you got to let guys compete and feel the, the emotion for the game. If you don't allow them to do that, you're going to draw interest out of the player. Yeah. That's why, and they should suspend refs or fire them or, I don't know, do something about it. Find yeah. them. They, they need to be held accountable. Much. They need to be held. I mean, the players are held accountable for the things they do on the court. If the refs are literally being egotistical or going out of their way to call these these fouls and these technicals that you know the NBA has to rescind two days later, they obviously need some sort of checks and balances in place. But Matt, we had asked you, you know, do you do you see this being like an ego thing, or is it because the players are arguing the calls? I mean, what do you think? What do you think it is? 
Yeah, I think it's partially an ego thing for the refs. I think they're trying to, you know, assert their will on the game and, you know, show that they have power and that, you know, they, they don't want to be yelled at by players. But my problem is they have, there's different standards for different players. Like, you can sit there and watch Draymond Green. He'll sit there and, like, say, fuck your mother to the, to the ref. And, you know, he won't do nothing about it. But then someone like Tatum will clap his hands or someone who's, like, quieter, like, if you, like just people who aren't, like, as vocal will go up to a ref and you know say something and then they'll get teed up for it right so they hold different players to different standards they have to have some sort of consensus as far as rules go to where hey this is cool this isn't cool we'll accept this we won't accept this but it's just all up to the referees and their determination right now and it just like like you said the egos get involved and they they make bad decisions because they think people are showing them up so it and it just leads to a bad product it makes the game unwatchable sometimes it's the ticky tack fouls and then the t and then teeing up you know stupid stupid technicals it just makes the game unwatchable sometimes it really does and honestly it, it's been something that's been doing bad lately but that's all we got time for today on the house call podcast i'm joe that's nick that's matt that's ernesto we're so glad you tuned into the brick house hopefully you're you like this segment hopefully you're getting the nba news you want to hear about hopefully you're hearing all the stuff you want to hear about down below scrolling right now that's our merch link the society6.com house call podcast i would show you the shirt that i got from there but i'm wearing it right now it's underneath the hoodie and i don't want to have to do all this stuff to show you just let you know great material i really like it it's an amazing product i got the t-shirt from there they're customizable you can put a small logo on the front big logo on the front big logo on the back small logo on the back it's up to you they got different colors and different styles go to society6 get yourself some merch rep the squad the other thing scrolling down below that's the liquid iv code the house call podcast right there the underscores are part of the code you have to put those in go to liquid iv get your liquid iv i love the guava flavor i know these guys have their favorite flavors i think nick's is a guava as well you're a guava guy right nick yep matt you a guava guy watermelon for me watermelon ernesto i think you're watermelon as well correct watermelon but either way, 16, uh, one, 16 ounces of water, one pack of liquid IV, three times the electrolytes, all the hydration you need in a day. You can use our code, get 20% off and free shipping on your liquid IV purchase. So go there, get hydrated, get some merch, share the brand, all right? Rep the brand. Go ahead and, and subscribe to us on all our platforms. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Spotify, YouTube. Subscribe, like, follow, share the videos, grow this community, and we'll see you next time here at the Brick House. Case Keenum is not a he's a solid backup and this is their chance to like at least let your quarterback rest a little bit he went to go punch out the football 